lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin are here with me as well. I warned you, didn't I, once we got past the election. We had a lot of time to take off. So this will be our final show of the week before we head out for the Thanksgiving holiday. And it's going to be jam-packed here today. A lot is going on. First of all, let us know what you think about what we think. Via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new MeWe page as well. That's the free speech alternative to Facebook. That MeWe page is cooking right now. So just look for Steve Dace there on MeWe. Also, our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Day. So there's really nowhere you can run or hide from the glorious mediocrity that we strive for each and every day. And if you love mediocrity, you're going to love my brand new book. It releases, what is it, three weeks from today. Three weeks from today, A Nefarious Carol, the sequel to A Nefarious Plot, hits bookstores. You can pre-order your copy right now at Amazon.com. Now, thank you to all of you that have done that. Pre-sales have gone very well. But if you cannot wait for the sequel to A Nefarious Plot, A Nefarious Carol, Audible has released the audio version now. It's out right now. Uh, It's already rated a number one bestseller uh, over at Amazon.com. So thank you very much. You can get the audible version, the audio version of A Nefarious Carol, and listen to it and get it today over at Amazon.com. Thanks to all of you that uh, made it trending number one over at Amazon this week. We appreciate uh, that very much. And to show our appreciation, we have... A big show lined up today. Uh, We're going to try to incorporate two days in one, so to speak. Uh, Since we're gone the rest of the week, we we could not go. I mean, we were not here last week. We have a short week this week. We we just could not go two weeks without some woe and lamentation. So, Daniel Horowitz will be joining us as he would normally on a Wednesday. He'll be doing so later today on a Tuesday. We'll also be doing some buy, sell, or hold today like we typically would on a Wednesday. Don't worry, some of the things you still love about Tuesdays will still be here, like fake news or not. At the bottom of this hour, we have a special edition of fake news or not, and I'm going to explain to you why our mitigation efforts are fake news, why the masks don't work, why the lockdowns don't work. We now have the answer, and I'm going to share it with you coming up at the bottom of the hour. Something else I want to share with you is more and more social media censorship coming your way. That's why I just started a, a MeWe page on a, on a lark uh, this last weekend. I'm just tired of dealing with the censorship at Facebook. It's a part-time job I don't have and didn't apply for and don't want. All right, But how do we get more and more away from these big tech companies that want to act like they are the op-ed section of the New York Times? Well, that's why you want to use ExpressVPN. If you've ever wondered how free-to-access free sites like Facebook, you wonder how they make their money, well, they track your searches, your video history, everything about you, and then they sell it to big-time corporations who are big-time funding a lot of the causes that are 
trying to big time do damage to America. When you use something like ExpressVPN, though, you anonymize your much of your online presence, you hide your IP address. That makes your activity much more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. And it also couldn't be easier to set up. Just tap one button on your phone and all your devices, and you're protected in just minutes. And they also encrypt 100% of your data to protect you from hackers and internet bad guys. I've got ExpressVPN on my laptop here in the studio, on my mobile phone as well. It's finally time to say no to censorship. Take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com slash Steve. That's ExpressVPN, V as in victory, expressvpn.com slash Steve. And by visiting that special link, you'll get an extra three months of service for free. An extra three months of service for free at expressvpn.com slash Steve. We begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by staring into the mouth of madness. A little slow tonight, isn't it? <laughs> Maryland Republican Governor Larry Hogan has lost his mind. Well, it's, it's sort of like saying I have a constitutional right uh, to drive drunk. I have a constitutional right to not wear a seatbelt or to yell fire in a crowded movie theater uh, or to not follow the speed limit. Which part don't you understand? You wear the mask. It's, there's no constitutional right to walk around without a mask. This is, we did it in, in, in uh, 1918. I don't know why we can't do it now. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo continues to lose his mind as he talks about law enforcement officials who refuse to enforce his edicts. Who don't have the right to pick laws that you think you will enforce and you don't enforce laws that you don't agree with, right? That's not a law enforcement officer. Uh, that's a dictator. According to the New York Post, Cuomo is also planning on having his 89-year-old mother and two daughters over for Thanksgiving. Oregon Governor Kate Brown, whose state just legalized possession of hard drugs, wants Oregonians to snitch on their neighbors gathering for Thanksgiving. Do you want people calling the police on their neighbors, not emergency lines or 911? Look, this is no different than what happens if there's a party down the street and it's keeping everyone awake. What do neighbors do? They call law enforcement because it's too noisy. That, that could be a yes. Yes, yes. A Massachusetts man went viral recently after accosting hikers for not wearing a mask. I have COVID. I have been tested positive. <coughs> for those of you listening, what we're watching is the man attempting to spit on the hikers. Here. Hey, you okay? No. Also in Massachusetts, ER doctor Jeremy Faust tweets a picture of his face mask saying, This is my mask. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My mask is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it as I master my life. Without me, my mask is useless. Without my mask, I am useless. Pennsylvania's transgendered Secretary of Health, Dr. Rachel Levine, is bringing back prohibition for one night tomorrow ahead of Thanksgiving. He says banning the sale of alcohol the night before the holiday will help mitigate the virus. The following clip is from an HBO documentary called Transhood, which went viral recently. Today we choose to recognize, honor, love, and celebrate anyone here who would claim their identity publicly as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning, intersex, pansexual, asexual, or any category that I've left out. The clip depicts a mother and her son at what appears to be a religious service when this happens. You're a little shy. Do you want to tell everyone if you're a boy or a girl? I just want to tell them that I'm a girl. Okay, you can tell them that. 
Phoenix would like you to know that she's a girl and she prefers she and her pronouns. May you be well, safe, and whole. We honor you exactly as you are. In other news, Senator Dianne Feinstein is preparing to step aside as the top Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Apparently to leftists, the dogma didn't live loudly enough inside her after the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. The General Services Administration, with President Trump's blessing, has formally acknowledged Joe Biden as president-elect and has begun the process of a formal transition. According to Fox News, the state of Georgia has extended its use of absentee ballot drop boxes for the January 5th Senate runoff elections. Ballot drop boxes have been one of the areas of concern of voter fraud over the ease of <clears throat> misplacing ballots. And finally, science. Oh, crap. Oh. Almost got COVID. And that's what happened while we were away. Oh, boy. Um, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Brick House. You know, life, well, normal life uh, is about habits. And this year, we've been more focused than ever before on health for ourselves and those that we love. But what happens after? Uh, how do we plan to ensure your body's immune system is ready for winter and beyond? If there can be any silver lining to what has gone on this year. I think a lot of us probably need to remember as we enter into cold and flu season. I know flu, for those of you that don't know, it's that disease we have supposedly cured. It's the virus that we have supposedly cured here in the last year. We've just completely eradicated. If you've looked at the numbers, it's like it doesn't exist. But get your flu shot uh, anyway for the virus that right now no one has apparently. But, um, you know, doing preemptive things that previous generations understood about you know vitamin C, vitamin D, um, those things still apply. And that's where Brickhouse Nutrition comes in. It's, it's loaded with those things, but also antioxidants because it's packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables and other things as well, like beets, ginger, et cetera, that create a powerful combination that not only support heart health, but also support a healthy immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, and digestion. Complete with pre and probiotics, you want those because the biggest immune system in the body is found in the gut. Field of Greens is not only good for you, but it's good for the entire family. Just one scoop in any water-based drink. Stir it up and you are done. And if you want to give it a shot, go to BrickHouseSteve.com right now. Get your 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve. Get a 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. Again, that's BrickHouseSteve.com. In the overtime today, the overtime is going to be a little bit longer. I and, and Todd, Aaron, and I, we are going to watch a video that Rudy Giuliani put out last night claiming that he is summarizing the president's legal strategy to fight back against the election fraud. Todd, you have watched the video? I have. I have not. Aaron, you have not watched it? I have not. No. All right. So once we have a control group here, one of us has watched it. The other two have not. We are going to watch this 30 minute presentation and react to it in real time in the overtime and then give our thoughts afterwards. All right. 
And I, I don't know what we're going to say because two of the three of us haven't watched this. Okay? So if you are not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you want to uh, watch today's overtime, go to blazetv.com slash dace to become one and get a discounted subscription with that name at blazetv.com slash dace. And that's also where you can go if you are already a Blaze TV subscriber. Uh, you can go there and watch the overtime after we record it later today following today's show. And then I post the link to that, by the way, on all of our social media pages. So if you follow us on any or all of our social media accounts, you'll get the link to today's overtime and every day's overtime uh, posted there once it goes up online. Let's get to what is in the montage. And the, 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 the first half or so, I, I, you, you watch that and you want to simultaneously when you watch all this, you, you, you want to cry and you want to hurt people. And maybe not in that order. But I kind of feel as if we're going to be able to have all those conversations again on a routine basis in the future that's coming. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't think as undeniably depressing as the first half of Aaron's montage is, I, I, I don't think those stories are going away anytime soon. Do you? No. No, neither do I. And I hate to say it, I mean, but that's what it looks like when your culture collapses. I, I, they, they sort of feel like evergreens to me, right? Sure. So we could always go back there. I want to go to the end. Not the funny video at the end, but the the real end, like Jim Morrison style, the end. There's a story that came out yesterday and it's, it's what's at the end of Aaron's montage that didn't get nearly as much play as it should have. I jumped on it when I saw it right away because I knew what it meant. And maybe frankly, that's why it didn't get the play that it should have because a bunch of other people in my line of work, they knew what it meant to. Right now, it's fascinating if you are following MAGA Twitter right now or MAGA Parlor. Have you guys delved into those worlds here post-election? Do you see any of this stuff in your feeds? Because what you're seeing right now is it's very divided. And the object or the source of the division is the Georgia Senate election. Have you noticed this? I have. There are people with large but grassroots following, like uh, the Columbia Bugle would be an example, right? They have a, whoever that is, has a large MAGA social media following a For, large yeah. one um election wizard is another one uh, that that's a guy that uh actually I, I found him the day of the election and noticed he does a lot of the same kinds of data breakdowns and things i do of early voting and things of that nature right and i think i sent you guys his twitter feed or maybe it was the day before i think i sent you guys one of his reports and it, it looked a lot like the stuff we do on our show mm -hmm. okay those are some of the examples of people that are not household names um, 
and, and, and maybe a conglomeration of people we don't really know. But they have massive social media followings. Some cases larger than mine. And they are all right now on this Georgia runoff. I don't give a care. I don't care. I don't care about the Republican Party. Why do I care if Mitch McConnell has a majority in the Senate? I'm, I'm not, the Republicans don't care about me. I'm not in this for the Republican Party. I'm in this because of what I think Trump represents. And if the party's not going to help him, then I don't care. We're, we weren't Republicans before Trump, and we're probably not going to be minus him or somebody that has some combination of his agenda with his pugilistic style. Maybe if they can even do it with more polish, right? That that seems to be kind of their message, right? Yeah. And then you see people that were more established in conservative media before Trump, but are now identified as pretty hardcore MAGA people that are all over these people for this message. In fact, this this first group I mentioned that many of you maybe don't know of, or maybe more of you do than I know, and that's one of the reasons why they have such large social media following is it's a lot of you in an audience of a place like this. This, this debate has gotten so much prevalence and has become so divisive that yesterday Don Jr. himself weighed in on this. All right. And, you know, it doesn't make any sense to just, you know, give the Democrats the Senate. We need all hands on deck, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, you know, I've I've had these discussions and debates over the years, and I've been on both sides of them. Much of my career, I didn't think the Republican Party was worth a hoot. I still don't, by the way, with a few exceptions. Um. I haven't been a registered Republican for four and a half years. I don't see that changing anytime soon unless we have a contested caucus in Iowa in 2024 and I have to temporarily become one again to vote in that, right? Um, and I've been the person that's like, hey, earn my vote. I don't, I'm, you're not entitled to anything from me. I don't care. Uh, here's what I promised the Republican Party. I'm, I'll, I'll give you all the commitment you have shown me. I mean, it's only fair, right? You guys have heard me say these things for years. I've done all these shows. Yeah. In the last couple of years, I have watched the Democratic Party become what for years I was called a nut job for warning they were going to become. And we have watched them metamorphosis into this in real time, right? Yes. In the last couple of years. And and so now I've sort of become, even though I'm not here, I, I didn't spend this year lecturing people that you had to vote for Trump or vote GOP. But in the last couple of elections in 2018, I voted straight ticket Republican right on down the line in 2022. I almost 2020. I almost did. I just couldn't bring myself to, to, to vote for my effeminate loser GOP congressional candidate. Then you had no chance to win. So uh, I didn't vote for him, but I have, evolved my thinking as the Democratic Party has evolved because as much as I loathe and disdain the Republican Party, my arguments with them are largely philosophical and tactical and practical. What I view the Democratic Party now as as, as existential. They're the Visigoths coming over the wall and I may think Caligula sucks as a human being and he does. Okay, but I also don't want to learn Hun. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't want to learn Druid. 
and that's what's coming over the wall is going to demand I learn those things or they'll, you know, uh, come after my wife and kids, right? So I'm fascinated that this debate is taking place between these two MAGA camps and I have zero to little interest in getting involved in it and taking, sticking out a position either way. And I'll tell you why. Because the Republican Party isn't worth you two groups fighting each other. Over. They're not worth it. After, before the election, I said the best case scenario of Trump doesn't win is a total GOP wipeout. Make people feel the pain of being soft-headed. Right? Like yesterday on the show, I said, I don't have any sympathy for those parents in New York City protesting the schools being closed. You voted for all this. Did you vote for Joe Biden? Then you voted for this on a national level. So own it, man. I, don't, I have no sympathy. None. In fact, I'm gleeful to watch you, to watch, may, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man will always reap what he sows. I'm, I am actually gleeful to watch justice playing out in real time. Okay. Um, now, the situation changes a little bit because the Republicans did much better in the House than I would have ever envisioned when I made that statement before the election. Because with such a slim majority now, the Republicans won't get away with voting with Nancy Pelosi. With a slim majority, you're going to see, even in even moderate Republicans, with a slim Democratic majority, with a Democratic Party so weakened in the House, you're going to see them, for the next two years anyway, in the House, they're going to look like Joan of Arcs. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be pretend right the whole time. They won't, they won't like give in on anything. Except for fake money. They always, everybody's giving in on fake money. So if you want fake money, you're all going to get your fake money. Okay. But like on all the other stuff, you won't see Republicans cave to Democrats on anything. They're going to force Nancy Pelosi to have to manage if she retains her speakership. They're going to force her to have to manage the squad along that wants to continue to move, to continue sprinting towards Gamora with a caucus that is scared to death about losing its majority with what is it going to be? Seven, eight seats or something like that, right? right? You're going to see the Republicans all are going to look like the Freedom Caucus for the next two years. Kevin McCarthy isn't one of us, but you're going to swear that he is. You're going, you'll, you'll be sending me emails like next April or May. Steve, I don't know. You know, this reminds me of like Lindsey Graham at the Kavanaugh here. I'm going to get him. You know I'm going to get him. I, I know I know Kevin McCarthy, what he was before, but look at what I'm seeing now. That, that's, what you're, that's what's going to happen. Mark the tape. It's, it's going to go down. All right? You're going to see the Republicans in the House look like a Heritage Foundation conclave between now and the 2022 midterms because the Democrats have such a slim majority, they're going to have a difficult time moving anything out of there. And they're going to turn on each other because with slim majorities, you don't have enough margin to like hide people in losable districts. Hey, you can you, you vote Republican this time so that it doesn't hurt your reelect. They got to all vote in lockstep to get anything done over there. They got to all vote left to do anything. And there's going to be about 10, 20, 30, 40 members of the Democratic caucus that aren't going to want to do that because that's going to be their seat that gets lost in 2022 if they do. And they're going to be, they're already sniping at each other. If it weren't for the Trump election challenge, the biggest political story in the country right now would be whatever the hell Nancy Pelosi has on her hands right now. But we're not really talking about that because of the election challenge stuff, right? All right. But if it, if it weren't for the election challenge stuff, 
When Nancy Pelosi trying to herd these cats would be the biggest story in politics right now. But when it comes to the Senate, now that now that the Republicans did better in the House than I thought, I could be I I, I do think now my self interest might be gridlock might be better than even just a wipeout. That gridlock might be better, and just nothing happens for the next four years. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. all agree on free money, and that's it. Like nothing else happens. Because the reality is, this party isn't serious about this. And what's, what was announced in Georgia yesterday is proof of it in real time. While you saw Brian Kemp eunuch himself, you saw the Georgia Secretary of State go full Mitt Romney. And you're being told, if, if you're in the, this Columbia Bugle group, if you're in that hardcore MAGA group, we don't care about the GOP, show us, if you, show us you're fighting for Trump and then maybe we will vote for your Senate candidates. If you're in that group, then you don't really need to argue with the people in the other group and vice versa, by the way. Because what the Georgia Republican Party announced yesterday is they're just going to let the exact same system that was in place for the presidential election be in place for the Senate runoff. You know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. You can't want people to win more than they do. You can't. I've said this before and I'll say it again. No campaign can rise above its candidate. And... You guys in these two MAGA camps can can give the best, most eloquent exhortations on your respected side in this debate. But understand that you're arguing over a carcass called the Republican Party. That announced yesterday, it's just going to allow the exact same system that we're arguing about right now. They're just going to let it perpetuate itself. I don't know why Kelly Loeffler and it's Sonny Purdue is the dad. It's David Purdue, right? Or older brother, right. something. Okay, Kelly Loeffler, who's hot by the way, uh, and David Purdue. I don't know why they just won't get Fulton County like Donald Trump did, right? Why don't we just see cop cars dropping sure. off Fulton County boxes at three a.m. on is it January seventh or fifteenth? Is that runoff, Aaron? The fifth. The fifth. Thank you. I don't know why we just won't see that the night of January. Well, I'm sorry, the morning of January 6th. I, why wouldn't we just, we let them do it before, right? Yes. We told them before they don't have to align the the signatures on the envelope applications for the ballots themselves, that they could do a recount without actually auditing the ballots, right? They could just go back and recount all the same ballots they already counted without actually auditing the the integrity of them, right? Correct. We just did this dog and pony show in Georgia for the last three weeks, correct? Yes. Then, then the state of Georgia's answer is to turn right around and say, Stacey Abrams, your time has come. You were just a few years too soon. And they're just, so while one group is losing its mind, if we give them the Senate, we lose the country. The Georgia Senate election is the, is the, is the, is the last line of defense. And the other group is like, why I'm not I'm not getting in bed with the party that 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 Judas Trump and didn't help him 
and left him and left him to the to the in, in the hands of the likes of Rudy Giuliani because everybody else like Bill Barr and everybody else sat on their hands. So screw you, right? That's those are the arguments that are going on. If I if I summarize them accurately, sure. this is all over my feed right now, and a lot of you are probably seeing it too. Let me instead of choosing a side, let me anger both of you against me at the exact same time now we're getting okay. someplace let me, let me let me piss both of you off because that's a business model right right your argument's irrelevant your argument is irrelevant you guys are arguing over with, with each other over something that is largely irrelevant because as long as the ballot harvesting mechanism remains in place why are you dividing with each other you, you're arguing over the wrong thing we always do this with the Republican Party, by the way. We, 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 instead of going back at it with what it doesn't do for us, we go at each other for how much more of, of the shanking are you willing to permit and tolerate? Because they announced yesterday they're just going to extend the same Dropbox system that we had before. We're just going to do the same ballot harvesting we did before. So what is the point of this argument? Do you know what it is? No. You know why you don't know what it is? Because there's no point. Because it's pointless. That's right. You cannot want the Republican Party to win more than it does. More in a moment. And we are back here with... The Steve Day Show live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Uh, real quick before we get to fake news or not, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, I've not seen the updated daily ratings for yesterday yet. But on Friday night, in the top six time slots, Fox News only won two of them. Finished in third out of the three cable news networks in two of them. That is a yo. Now, there have been some isolated downward trends, but for Fox to finish in third place, and it's the shows that are the most anti-considered, if you follow MAGA Twitter, the shows that are most in the crosshairs, Cavuto, uh, McCallum, those are the shows that finished third in there. Uh, in their respected time slots. So they are clearly costing themselves some audience. Laura Ingram last night did a monologue where she waved the white flag, said it was basically time just to move on, okay, and accept the election result. So that is something, that'll be something worth watching. I, I've never seen a successful product more go out of its way to alienate its its clientele than what Fox News has done for the last couple of months. See, this is a movie I'd actually be interested to see. The one about, you know, that was out a year ago about, you know, hot chicks and, you know, the inside baseball of that. Oh, yeah. That's like the most, like, I something happened, but it's like the most predictable something ever. Because you could envision, I mean, that's a yeah. Mad Men story. You yeah. can envision it, that happening. What major corporation yes. in America could you not envision something like that happening, right? Yes, I mean. But uh, this is different. This is, yes. This, this is, let me insult openly my audience. Let, because. Well, this is Chick-fil-A. Yeah, well. 
all of a sudden like there's some substance to that yeah Yeah. but it's one thing for chick-fil-a to be doing this on the side with its donations it you don't pull into a chick-fil-a oh on this is chick-fil-a on steroids we didn't get a kraken on steroids but we're getting chick-fil-a you don't pull into the chick-fil-a and say by the way we believe in the social gospel now which sandwich would you like you know what i'm saying they don't do (laughs) that when you when you pull into a chick-fil-a it's just like any other time you've ever pulled in yeah you got to actually know what's going on on the side for the to be aware of what what they're doing right this is out in the open where we are broadcasting a middle finger to you. I was working out at the gym when they had the massive Trump, pro-Trump rally in Washington, D.C. that weekend, last weekend, I think it was, or two weekends ago. And I could not believe they, Fox News brought Jeff Flake on to, as, a, as an interview in the middle of a Trump rally. That is a, an intergalactic-sized middle finger and the horse you rode in on to your own audience. It's like they don't want you. In fact, it's not like that. It is like that. Or they think that you're there for them and they're not there for you and they can get you to change what you think because you just are, you're, you're so, you're so, you, you so want to pleasure yourself to Fox Hub that if they get rid of the, the political porn you prefer, you're like, you know, I'm really into blondes, but I mean, I guess if we're, if, if the category now in Fox Hub is trailer trash, I just so want to watch my political porn on Fox Hub that I'll just, I'll, 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 you know, turn in my love of blondes for trailer trash. That, that right? That's how they're behaving. Yes. And, 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 and I, I, it's amazing to watch. It'll be fascinating to see how long this goes on. Particularly, it okay? wasn't, they didn't have a binary choice. They could have taken the choice. We did, and people not like us, like Jonathan Turley said, you know, like, there's clearly evidence of a lot of sketchy stuff going on, but we have no idea if it's enough to overturn an election, so let's find out. That's what's see, there, this, this didn't and they begin, didn't want to. But this didn't begin with that. This goes back to on the on election Arizona. night and, yeah. era, and, and, and everything itself. Know, yeah. this, is just, this, this is just a continuing feed of this. So it, it will be fascinating uh, to watch how this plays out. Let's get to fake news or not. Uh, brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. You might be waking up to a nightmare scenario with the link with the left on the brink of controlling the future of the country, largely funded by major corporations. People like Verizon, for example, uh, one of the largest mobile providers in the country. They take your hard-earned money and then use it to help put them, some of these radicals into power. That's where Patriot Mobile comes in. You can make the switch to them with confidence because you get the same network as the large providers, but for much less, and switching is easy, and they don't give your money to the people trying to end your way of life. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone, buy a new one. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call their U.S.-based customer service team right now at 972-PATRIOT. That's uh, And you get a free activation plus a special gift when you sign up to Patriot Mobile. Free activation plus a special gift at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Uh, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. So one of the great mysteries this year I believe we may have our answer to. One of the great mysteries this year has been, why don't our mitigation efforts with coronavirus work? And so for this week's fake news or not, I want to try to answer the question, why lockdowns and masks are fake news? Why are mitigation efforts are fake news? Why they don't work? For much of 2020, Governments around the world have been attempting mitigation efforts against coronavirus, and all of them failing to varying degrees. There's not a single success story anywhere in the world. 
Um, lockdowns have to be tried over and over again. Lockdowns don't stop the virus from reaching a community, nor do masks slow the spread within a community. Not even when mask mandates have been in place for months preemptively, the surges, the second waves still happen as all the real-time data shows. Let me give you a couple of examples. Here's a story out of Texas from last, late last week. Coronavirus cases in Texas are soaring again. But this time, Governor Greg Abbott says no lockdowns are coming. Now, how can it be that this is going on in Texas? Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been mandating masks in the state. He began doing so on July 2nd. July 2nd is when the mask mandate went into place in Texas, including outdoors for a while. That's almost five months ago. I've been to Texas twice during this time. People are wearing masks everywhere you go in Texas. Mask compliance. So for five months, there's been a mask mandate there with mask compliance. YouGov recently said U.S. compliance with mask usage is now at 83% of the population, one of the highest in the world. And yet, what were the masks doing in Texas all this time? How come they didn't slow the spread? Furthermore, how come they couldn't stop a second wave? Why weren't you preemptively enforced? against a return of the virus didn't the cdc director testify to congress that masks would protect him from coronavirus better than even the alleged forthcoming vaccines let's look at this comparison this is the death number deaths attributed to covid19 since the beginning of the pandemic in both texas and i'm sorry in florida and new york Florida and New York, the second and third most populous states in the country, or the third and fourth, I should say. Look at these numbers. One of these states has every lockdown, mask mandate, mitigation effort known to man, and then some. The other is Florida, another state I was in recently, where people, unless you go to Disney World, aren't wearing any masks outdoors. You do wear masks indoors a lot of places in Florida, but there aren't any masks outdoors. There are no, there's no more emergency order in Florida. There's nothing holding anybody back from sellout stadiums or ending masks on a, on a statewide level. Local communities are still choosing to enforce this. Local sports teams are still limiting to the crowd sizes, but they have been rolling back their restrictions on a statewide level since September. And you see that chart. We were told New York was the great success story. And yet, look at its death numbers compared to Florida. How can this be? Well, see, the reason that the masks don't work, and neither do lockdowns, is because our mitigation strategy is built on a faulty premise. This is all being done to stop something called asymptomatic spread. Meaning people who carry the virus but may not know it because they don't exhibit any of its major symptoms. Like when I went to Disney World, I didn't have to take a COVID test last week to get in, but we did have to have our temperature checked every day because what is the number one symptom of COVID? A nagging, reoccurring fever, right? Except the notion of asymptomatic spread as the tip of the spear of a contagion 
just so happens to violate the established norms and precedents of biology, virology, and immunology. Is that all? Uh, that we've already known for decades. As Anthony Fauci himself said, back on January 28th, before all of this was politicized. Watch this. But the one thing historically people need to realize that even if there is some asymptomatic transmission in all the history of respiratory borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. Even if there's a rare asymptomatic person that might transmit, an epidemic is not driven by asymptomatic carriers. What changed? What changed? He knew this. He told us this on January 28th. We knew this. So what changed? See, we are chasing ghosts here. Our entire mitigation strategy, assuming it's not some kind of psyop or cynical attempt to obtain unprecedented political power over the American people, is at best a well-intentioned sham, uh, and the data proves it. A just-published study in Nature looked at 10 million coronavirus tests conducted in Wuhan itself since May. 10 million. That's a pretty sizable sample. Here's what it found. Only 300 were asymptomatically positive. Out of 10 million, 300 were asymptomatically positive. That is 0.003%. None. Zip. Zilch, nada, of the 1,174 contact traces that they did from these 300 asymptomatically positive cases, none of those people tested positive when they were tested. None of them were. None. Not a single one. By the way, this low positivity rate for the asymptomatic also calls into question the sensitivity thresholds of our testing, which the New York Times exposed back in August, remember? That story said our sensitivity levels are so high, we're counting as positives people that aren't even remotely infectious. The, the article the New York Times wrote at the time described these as, quote, viral artifacts. What's an artifact? A dead thing or something from a dead culture, a remnant, a reservoir of something that once was alive and no longer is. Let's get back to the matter at hand here, shall we, on asymptomatic spread. The World Health Organization admitted this spring, back in June, that asymptomatic transmission of coronavirus was, quote, very rare, unquote, before retracting the statement under pressure from the panic porn peddlers in the media at the time. But hey, you don't want to trust uh, a nature study from China? I don't blame you. So how about one from right here in the good old U.S. of A.? The University of Florida found those with symptoms were 28 times more likely to transmit coronavirus than those asymptomatic. Not two times, not four times, not five, not 10, not 15, not even 20. 28 times more likely to transmit the virus if they were symptomatic over the asymptomatic, according to a study done a couple of months ago at the University of Florida.
Again, assuming this all isn't just some government power grab, we decided to lock down the healthy and put a face diaper on everyone, regardless of sickness, because we were afraid of masses of asymptomatic people would unknowingly bring the virus home and kill grandma. Except history has already taught us that that's not how outbreaks work, as Fauci himself said back in January. And the data confirms that's not how this one spreads either. Therefore, the lockdowns and masks cannot work no matter how many times we try them because they are built on a premise that goes against the established laws of science. This is why we've never done this for an outbreak before. This is why you haven't been wearing masks every flu season of your whole lives. No matter how bad it gets, and the flu season two years ago, by the way, was really bad. 60 some odd thousand people died. Prior to coronavirus, we knew this about asymptomatic spread. So what changed, I ask again? Why did we abandon science for flat earthism? Why did we abandon rational ground for fear and loathing? There are several potential answers to that question. All of them are bad. And none of them would be based on real science either. So, Todd, you are the control group. You had no idea what we were going to do this segment. No. I want your reaction in real time. You know, in the Gospels, where the Lord says to the crowd, what is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Or rise rise up and and walk. walk. Yeah. Well, so that you may know. Well, this is this is my point about once we get to transgenderism and what it was in Aaron's montage about that church. This is what we're we're seeing here. Once you got to that point, so that you may know, this can happen. This is just the transgenderism of science. Once they got people to think. That a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. This is easy, Steve. No matter how obvious it is with the data, it doesn't matter. What's data? What's math? What's one plus one, Steve? This is the most obvious grift ever, but it was inevitable. Aaron, you put all this information together for me. As you were compiling, what was your reaction? I'm just reminded how uh, disappointed... I am with with um, what I'm seeing right now, even from those and some in conservative media, some even uh, close competitors of ours um, here. After the election, I saw a switch of sorts. I don't know if you guys have seen this as well, to where we're a little bit open, a little bit more open with just embracing everything the CDC says and everything that Fauci says. And yes, this is really bad. This is the second wave. And embracing the panic porn that, quite frankly, because of the political season that we were in, you probably weren't, you didn't probably have the stones enough to actually question, <laughs> or you didn't have the stones enough to actually question your own readership and your own base. I'm really disappointed about that, but it's not surprising at this point. We'll come back. Buy, seller hold is next. (laughs) 
Hey, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Like us on our new MeWe page. Steve Dace, both places. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel as well at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Don't forget that the audio version of my new book, A Nefarious Carol, is already out. Audible decided to release it early. I mean, they were just apparently really excited about it, or they made a mistake. I'm not sure which it is. Either way, it's out already. Uh, So get your copy at Amazon.com today. If you can't wait for the hardcover edition that is releasing on December the 15th, and pre-orders for that are still ongoing, thanks to all of you that have uh, contributed to My Kids Christmas Fun. Hopefully, the, the story that was crafted Uh, you'll find at least somewhat worth your time. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. He'll take us inside politics. He'll give us a little pre-Thanksgiving woe and lamentation because we're off the rest of the week after this. Also, if you are a podcast listener, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Leave us a five-star review if you haven't done so already. The more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. Hey, you know, losing your hair isn't any fun, so we have some options on the table to do something about it. You can go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment, get a prescription, then visit the pharmacy. Try not to go broke while you're trying to avoid going bald, or you can take the smarter option, and that's to go with Keeps just from the comfort of your own home, where you're going to get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost, so big savings there. And then you're going to love the convenience. You do this all from your couch. It's all online. You just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed physician will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. That's shipped directly to your door. And if that all isn't incentive enough, How about further savings? Half off your first order to get you started at keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. An abbreviated edition since uh, we're out of here tomorrow, but I wanted to sneak it in anyway because just like we couldn't go two weeks without Daniel, we can't go two weeks without buy, sell, or hold, right? Because we were gone last week. So you know the drill. It's one of our more popular segments each week of the program. You and the audience throw out uh, a prediction, a statement, an analysis on any topic. Nothing is off limits. Todd, you and I will then decide, do we buy that? Do we sell that? And since it is 2020, there is uh, really... An infinite amount of holds you may use because we don't know anything. I woke up this morning and Steven Crowder tweeted that he likes Kenny G Christmas songs. I don't even know. I don't know what to do with the times in which we live. So put as many holds out there as you need to, brother. All right. Hold them all if you need to. Aaron, go ahead. Uh, this week's buy, sell, or hold once again brought to you and furnished by our audience on Parlor. You can follow Todd at Erzin West, me at McIntyre, and Steve at Steve Dace. We'll begin with Go Bucks and Cancer Sucks, who says peppermint is a better seasonal flavor than pumpkin spice. I might have said buy on this a few years ago because I love peppermint stuff. I mean, I love chocolate mint stuff, and it, chocolate mint's one of those things people tend to love or hate. You know, they hate it because it tastes. They think it tastes like toothpaste. I love chocolate mint stuff. I love the mint holiday M&Ms. Um, I do as much chocolate mint stuff this time of year as I can. Okay, so I love the peppermint stuff. But the repertoire 
of pumpkin spice is, is expanded and now and is so vast, I got to sell on this. Okay. Especially because pumpkin spice season still spills into Christmas time. Right. So, I mean, there's still plenty of pumpkin spice out there. The, maybe the greatest thing I've ever drank in my life. I talked about this last year. Do you remember this? Is it some kind of eggnog? The pumpkin spice eggnog is one of the greatest things I've ever drank. It's back out here locally again. I've already purchased it. I'm not drank any of it yet, but nah. Uh, as much as I like the peppermint stuff, I, it's it's like, hey, you know, I liked Star Wars, I liked Empire Strikes Back, and I liked Return of the Jedi a lot. Okay. So when I when I choose pumpkin spice, I'm basically just saying that's Empire Strikes Back. I'm not like dissing a New Hope or Return of the Jedi. You know what I'm saying? But no, I I, I still have to go. I, I still got to give uh, the, the props to pumpkin spice. So I got to sell. Don't care. So is that first a first hold? That's yeah. a hold. That's yeah, a hold. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, up next, Elliot Watts says, no one is going to jail for voter fraud. Nothing is going to change that will prevent this in the future. Bye. Bye. Easy buy. Russell Davis Jr. says Steve will not back the eventual 2024 GOP candidate because they will be more of the same from the establishment. Sell. I don't think you'll get any more candidates like that. Agreed. For example, there will be an establishment candidate, but like the establishment candidate in 2024, provided Trump doesn't run again. If Trump runs again, the field's going to be cleared. You might get somebody who has a little vinegar in him to challenge him from the right just for fun, okay? But if Trump runs again, a lot of the people that you're the most knowledgeable and excited about, your DeSantis's, who I, by the way, committed like an, a, a, an Italian code violation. I kept referring to him as Hispanic a couple weeks ago. I don't know why, man. Oh, flew right over my head. I, I don't I, even remember. My, dude, I don't, you know, take me out back and hang me with some angel hair. I mean, I just, or some linguini for that. That was just dumb. I'm sorry, okay? But the DeSantis's, the Cruises, the gnomes, they're not they're not getting in if, if Trump runs again. Okay. So I think that is part of your answer. But let's say Trump does not run again. There will be then an establishment candidate, and it's probably going to be Nikki Haley. Ten years ago, Nikki Haley would have been overlooked. The establishment would have said she's too right. Now, she's not right where we are, right? She's not where we are. But guys, I have my issues with Nikki Haley. She is several degrees to the right of of Mitt Romney and probably, you know, um, a long fly ball into the left field bleachers from John McCain. You know what I'm saying? So that will be your establishment candidate next time. If there is one, it'll be somebody like her, or maybe they'll give Rubio another shot, but I kind of think it's going to be Haley. And if Nikki Haley is the establishment candidate, you know, no, that kind of candidate, they're never nominating in this party. Somebody like that. Again, they're going to make sure to elevate as many of them in the congressional power structure as they can. But they know that they can't do that for president again. They're not going to do it again. I'm holding. Remember not too long ago when Joe Biden was impossible? And he was. And now he's going to be president of the United States. 
There's no way of knowing. There's no way. Up next, we'll go to Brad Boobles, who says, Top five songs Steve and his family can sing at Thanksgiving. Number five, Lift Every Voice and Sing. That's the Black National Anthem. <laughs> Number four, Year of the Cat by Al Stewart. Three, State Anthem of the Sto- Soviet Union. That's beautiful, by the way. Number two, Born This Way by Lady Gaga. And number one, Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. <laughs> he never got back to me, by the way. He did not? Oh, not. that's just shocking. He did not. I just For those of you that know what we're, that's a reference to, is while I was on vacay, for reasons only Allah knows. I, I have no idea how, you know, this is the strangest moment, although this is different. When Suzanne Vega came at me, I asked for it, right? Because... My name is Lucas Suzanne yeah, Vega? Yeah, I dunked all over, who ha- who is a Suzanne Vega fan? I mean, for my name is Luca, right? And apparently there's about 39,000 of them because they all came at me when, when she sicked them on me. For, and I, but I deserve that one, so I'm not complaining, okay? Somehow, I ended up on Richard Marx's, you know, the guy with the cool perm, permolet, the, the permolet, the permolet in the late 80s. We do, do we dance to his tunes like at homecoming oh, yeah. and prom dances, yeah. right? Okay. And uh, somehow, I ended up on his radar, and I'm sitting there in line on a Disney ride, and I'm like, what the hell is Richard Marks tweeting me for? <laughs> I'm like waiting an hour to get into Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm like, what in the world? Richard Marks is coming at me. And so, of course, I've got to respond. And it was over uh, whether to, you know, put yourself in a hazmat suit underground uh, over Thanksgiving weekend, apparently, you know, and I invited him on politely, even through a little pun. I'll be right here waiting for your reply. Said he was going to do it. Right. I, I said, hey, I'll have my producer, Todd, my assistant, our booker here, kind of ad hoc guy, get back to you. I'm, I must say, I'm shocked he never responded, Todd. Never. Never. Never did. So that, that's what the Richard Marks reference was. The rest of that is prime rib, man. That, that's a prime, prime uh, cut of beef right there. So buying all of that. That's Correct. very well done. Bye. Wow. Not a hold. Not a hold from Todd. Okay. Uh, next, Ben Castales says, 2020 will be the best Thanksgiving because it'll be spent with those who aren't scared to live life. I like that, too. I'll yeah. buy that. I'll Absolutely. buy that. Yeah. Next, uh, Daniel Carr says, most of the COVID hysteria will end around May 2021 when the summer kills off the virus again. Biden takes credit and COVID is memory hold by the next dumb thing. Sell. Sell. It's too useful. Yeah, I, I, I think it's that's exactly right. I, I, I really believe what I said yesterday. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it. And what's changed for me, I had this opinion or something like this for a long, long time. Yeah. But what's changed for me is, again, I, I won't hold on to an opinion that I believe real-time events have proven is no longer valid. So when I, I, I have no problem changing my mind. I'll do it a lot if, if real-time events show that that opinion isn't valid. And I, in this case, I think real-time events have shown that. Our, our buddy, Daniel Horowitz, is going to join us here in about 20 minutes at the bottom of the hour. He tweeted something uh, a few days ago. And I'm paraphrasing here. But he said, we have already, sur- we have now surpassed any level of COVID tyranny that I thought people would ever put up with. Right. And I tweeted back to him, I have noticed this too, unfortunately. And I unfortunately know what that means. 
see the the usefulness operation if that's what was going on during the election and all these other things um they don't it, it's useful now in another way whenever you grant government power whenever you vote the chancellor emergency powers he never gives them back except if you take them back and you have to take them back via confrontation and hopefully it doesn't require violence but there have been unfortunately times in history where it has one of them is what is a revolution have you have you looked that word up have you at dictionary.com have they changed the definition of revolution yet but i believe in this case it remains an action verb correct um the act of revolt what is a revolt? I updated my Facebook status to um, share my disdain. Is that what a revolt is? No. 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 Um, they're not given the power back now. We gave them too much power. We're past the point in time where this was just a political op to shut the economy down and win the election. You've handed, what have I told you guys from the very beginning of this program? Progressivism is about one thing. What's it about? What's the word? Power. Power and control. It's about those two words. That's ultimately what is it about. What's what it's about. You have granted them too much power and control now. They're not giving it back. You'll have people that will go, I'm sorry, I've got a I'm, I'm middle-aged now and I got a hair coming in my nose in real time. That's why I keep rubbing my nose. I'm sorry for the distraction. Um if it makes it feel any better, I, I'm I have those as well. It's just I don't have to be on camera as much. So. Nah, well, thank you. Yeah. Um You'll get people that will get situationally squishy, like our governor here in Iowa currently is. But she has shown in the past that eventually, when real-time data comes in that shows she's on the wrong path, she'll jump off. And I think that'll happen again here, too. It's just a matter of how long that takes. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Her issue is a typical politician. She's getting killed right now because cases are spiking in Iowa, and she wants to make it look like you're doing something, right? That we, we, that's a tale as old as time. Right. A, re, a Republican in power trying to figure out how to how to mitigate and balance competing interests. OK, the reason you don't see this going on with Christy Nome in North Dakota is because there's a South Dakota. I always forget South Dakota. Thank you. Is because she wants to run for president. Kim Reynolds is not running for president. Christy Nome wants to. And so she has an there's an extra um, layer of incentive for her to push back on all of this because she knows that any moment she's caught walking around outdoors in South Dakota with a mask is going to be debilitating to her as a presidential candidate. So she has an extra layer of motivation to keep, you know, the system rejecting the system's demands that Kim Reynolds does not have. But as, as disappointed as I am right now in Kim Reynolds, I'm not angry with her. I understand politics. I'm just disappointed and ish and, and letting my disappointment be heard. She is aware of it. Um, the situation with these blue state governors, though, or even a few of the red state ones like Larry Hogan, Mike DeWine, these guys are progressives. You've given them too much power now, and they're going to be drunk on it. And they're not going to just give it back voluntarily. You're going to have to take it away from them. And if you don't take it away from them, the next thing they're going to do is tell you, fine, you can have your, just like you could, you could, you could leave with a face diaper. The next layer will be, you can leave 
after you take the COVID vaccine. That, that'll be your get-out-of-jail-free card. So you're still handing over your, your bodily autonomy, your individual autonomy. Th this is never not going to be useful until you and I show them they can't use us anymore. That's when it will no longer be useful, when we show them that they can't use us. As long as we let them use us, it's extremely useful. Extremely. Yeah, this is obviously uh, not going away. I was highly skeptical as uh, that it ever would uh, from the beginning, just because of what we talked about before we ever heard of COVID. The spirit of the age was here. We are living in the upside down. You are you, people are sitting there and being lectured to by the likes. I mean, the reputation of New York, nine eleven. Look at they choose willingly to live under that goon Cuomo mm -hmm. that, and De Blasio, who's an even yeah. dumber, who's a dumber version I mean, of him. I don't even New York tough. It just makes me want to laugh now. I agree. You people are hilarious. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing tough about you. Yep. You're slaves. That's who you are. Yep. Yep. All the while, I mean, the theme of this year really is Ebony Ma's uh, soliloquy at the beginning of uh, oh, yeah. Infinity yeah. War. You may think this is suffering. You may no. think this is suffering, but it is your salvation. Yes. The universal scales uh, tip. Because of your contribution. Yes. Uh, Tyler Schultz uh, says, even if the Trump legal team and or Sidney Powell uncover irrefutable evidence of voter fraud, Republicans will lack the political will to prevent it in the future. Further, the majority of Americans will not believe the evidence to be credible due to a false belief that human nature is basically good. And this is America. That, does, that stuff doesn't happen here. The latter part I'm going to sell on. I, I think the opposite is true. I think cynicism is soaring, actually. So, um, I, I, but I think it. I think the cynicism. One of the reasons it's soaring is because the first part of what you say is true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think. I think the majority of Americans are like, why am I getting? Why, why do I care? Nobody's going to do anything. Okay. I, most of the people that voted for Joe Biden however many it actually is, are not Marxists. Now, only Marxists voted for Joe Biden, but not every Joe Biden voter is a Marxist, right? A lot of people voted for Joe Biden just because they want Trump to go away. They didn't think any of this through. They didn't think five layers through. And then they're like, well, if COVID's not really that serious, then why did Trump shut the country and the government and the economy down? Why would he do that to his own economy? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then they would be like, well, if Trump is guilty of it was 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 screwed by voter fraud, it's his attorney general. Why does anybody do anything about it? Why isn't he on TV every day talking about it? What's he doing about it? You know, right? Right. That is how the average person tries to do the math here. And that's where the cynicism comes from. Because the first part of your statement is right. I'll buy that. But I'm going to sell on the second part. Um, I, I, I think that most people just don't believe. Most people don't believe that Epstein killed himself. 
And all of them that don't believe that don't believe every anyone will ever be held accountable for killing him at the same time. So I buy the first half, sell the second half. Uh, I'm just feeling a little bit more cynical in the moment, so I'll buy it all. But I, I think your thinking through of it is correct. Next, E. Evans says the lockdowns and mask mandates will continue even after the vaccine is fully distributed. We've kind of been over that. Yep. Yes. Yes. KB Redd- make it stop, it's going to continue. KB yes. Redinger says Nebraska's Scott Frost, Penn State's James Franklin, or Michigan's Jim Harbaugh will be fired before the end of the season. Sell. So none of those people will be fired before the end of the season. And I don't think any of them will be fired after the season. The one most likely to go is Harbaugh. I mean, if you see another Ohio State 60 or 70, or this time it's a 70 burger, then I could see an amicable split. They won't fire arguably the greatest quarterback in the history of the program. And I don't think he would force them to do that either. They would come to some kind of mutual parting of the ways. Okay. Frost is certainly not getting fired. Franklin just won, uh, you know, 11 games last year. He's not getting fired. Now, this, this season puts him on the hot seat for next year. I agree with that. Okay, but he's not getting fired this year. None of those three are getting fired. And and certainly none of them are before the end of the year. I agree none are getting fired. I can I can see Harbaugh being gone and I can see Frank I mean there were rumors last year of Franklin being wooed by other schools by, the U- and, by USC and, yeah. and entertaining it. Uh I I think he would for whatever reason entertain another offer. All right. Next is Todd Hansen, who says Mount Rushmore of Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, in any order here, mashed potatoes and gravy, stuffing, green bean casserole, and pumpkin pie. The green bean casserole is, you know, you have the, you know, everything, there's just a standard counterfeit for it, right? You have like the marriage supper of the lamb, right? What, what they feed you when you arrive in hell for your eternal damnation is green bean casserole. No. All right. You're fed that. Okay. Um, just to give you a little taste of holiday goodness, but the worst of all the tastes that are on the table. So um, you should be deported, frankly, for even putting this option. Uh, what, what What is missing from the Thanksgiving? Can you think of something Do obvious you know how that many may be missing? Great Americans well, you we're... would be deporting. I think we're for green bean casserole. I'm okay with that. Assuming turkey. Yeah. Uh, anybody? That's like a Mount Rushmore without George Washington. Okay. I mean, I no, mean, well, turkey is the stone upon which the yes, Mount Rushmore heads. Yes. Are, yeah. Are, so it's it's assumed in this. Yeah. In this case, the bird that was the chief corner bird that was rejected has become whatever. Okay. Yeah. But yes. Okay. You can't have a Thanksgiving thing without the turkey, guys. All right. So on that. On, on that premise, I reject and sell your list. And then on the moral indignity of including that disgusting and vile green bean casserole, I spit on your grave and fart it's a, in your general direction. It's a grown-up food, man. We can't expect you to appreciate it. I you, fart in your general direction. It's a grown-up food. But I would say, as much as I love it, uh, it's... I don't think it's quintessential Thanksgiving food. It's uh, I, except in North Korea. 
I, th- I, I do think something obviously more quintessential would replace it, and that is cranberry sauce. Yeah, I'm not big on that. You like it, though? I love it. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. I don't, it's not terrible. Like, it's okay. It's I don't a, mind it's it. It's a grown-up food. But the, the green bean casserole, um, I mean, they inject that intravenously into your brain, or into your veins uh, in, in North Korea. It's a torture technique. It's dreadful. Dreadful concoction. Man. Uh, up next is Tom. The Dallas Cowboys will win the NFC East division of the NFL with the worst record of any playoff team. Well, whoever wins that division is going to have the worst record. Of you know what? Players. I was I'm, thinking I'm, today, what is the worst record you could conceivably possibly have in the NFL and make it into the playoffs? And I think it's four. Four and 12. Now that's mathematically possible. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you win your division, yeah. yeah. And you host a playoff game. That'll be all right. I, I'm going to sell because I think the I think the Redskins are going to win on Thursday <laughs> because the the Washington it's the worst possible outcome for the Washington football team win that division with like a six and ten record and then you're like out of the Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields sweepstakes you know what I'm saying but that's like a, 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 an organization that can't name itself. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that sports karma is gonna call for the artist formerly known as the Redskins to win that division with like a six and ten, five and eleven record. And but because they made the playoffs, they finish in the draft order too low to get their next franchise quarterback. And it's the worst of all possible conclusions. Uh and they still don't have a name for their team next year. I'm just gonna sell, I'm gonna take the field. But that, no, everybody is equally dysfunctional. No one should want to win that division right now. I, but this is, I, I also, the complaints that will come and are dumb, you know, you should, you should have at least have to have a, uh, 500 record to make the, that's just a dumb argument. This doesn't happen all the time. The last time it happened was maybe like a decade ago. Steve, do you remember when I think the, the, the winner of the West. The Seahawks. The, the did Seahawks. It one year, and, and they, ended they up beat knocking the Saints off the Saints. In, yes, in a playoff that's game. That's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. But the world didn't end. It doesn't happen most of the time. Settle down. Uh, all right. We've got about three minutes left here. I've got a map of the United States, and it's divvied up into the most popular side dishes for Thanksgiving hmm. by state. Okay. Now, a lot of these are the same. But we'll just go ahead and, and kind of lift, list off some of these. Um, mashed potatoes, buy, sell, or hold that Thanksgiving side dish. It's popular in Washington, like basically all buy. out buy. west. I'll buy, yeah. Uh, Midwest as well. That's one of the most popular ones. Um, crescent rolls. It's South Dakota thing. That's the only place that I see. I like crescent rolls, but you know what I really love are the brown and serve ones on Thanksgiving. I kind of like those instead. So, But if that's your most popular, that's... That's pretty weak, man. I think it's pretty weak, too. So, Sell. Yeah. Uh, sweet potato casserole. That's popular in oh, Florida if it's the, for some If reason. it's the way my mother-in-law makes it, where it's essentially a pecan pecan pie filling on the, as the topper, total buy. That's the that's the biggest hit at our Thanksgiving table every year, is Mary's uh, sweet Sell. potato casserole. I mean, this is a perfect question to ask when Steve and I are sitting at the right table. I have a more savory tooth, so I, I, you can, I'll never take sweet potatoes over mashed potatoes and gravy, but I, I see why people like it. 
Uh, we already talked about green bean casserole. That's Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Apparently, that's their favorite. Another sign that Texas is lost. Yes, freedom. Uh, Iowa, it's corn, just pl- plain corn. That's just they're trolling that, us. Yeah, that's yeah. come on. I mean, man. corn's good. Come on, Kansas is cream corn. <laughs> is it really even yeah. worse? <laughs> yeah, that's awful. A cream cream corn's disgusting. Did Rolling Stone do this? Uh, cream corn is better than like straight corn, in my opinion. Oh, but, you're on crack. Um, in the southeast, so Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, mac and cheese. Huh. Well, is a holiday site? No, sell. It's, I've never heard of that for Thanksgiving as a side dish. Just, We've never had that, so I got to sell. Love mac and cheese, though. Love it, too, but it's not a holiday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of I agree with you. I'll sell on that. In Indiana, deviled eggs. Indiana that's alone. Its, that's the only I place. can't eat them anymore. They make me sick. But back in the day, man, oh. I could eat like 15 of them. That's a, that's a holiday staple. I'll buy on those. You can't. Yes. Anything that says deviled eggs, I don't care what day we're talking about. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, brown gravy. That's a Wyoming oh, well, thing. I'll drink it. Bathe yeah, in it. I'll buy that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Bye. White gravy is an Arkansas thing. White gravy? Yeah. Like, so, I don't, I don't so, like a chicken gravy? I, I guess. Uh. I'll sell, but I appreciate okay. local whateverisms. Yeah. Louisiana, it's cornbread dressing. I don't know what. That oh, that sounds cornbread good. Is really I'll buy good. that. Buy yeah. cornbread. That's yeah. it. Yeah. We'll come back. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us here next. You know, you've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you're always going to see, typically anyway, a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't it one of the first asset classes that you consider when you're looking to diversify? Well, simple. It hasn't always been available to investors, everyday people like us until now, thanks to Fundrise. They make it easy for investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. So whether you're just starting to invest in real estate or looking to add more, Fundrise has you covered with an investing platform that makes investing in high quality high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund whether you're looking to add uh, stable cash flow via dividends or prefer long-term growth through appreciation either method fundrise has you covered they managed to date more than 1 billion with a b uh, dollars in assets for over 130,000 investors and since 2014 fundrise has averaged 8.7 to 12.4% annual return on investment investors have cashed over 79 million dollars in dividends alone courtesy of fundrise so start building your better portfolio today get started at fundrise f-u-n-d fundrise.com slash dace d-e-a-c-e fundrise.com slash dace to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived that's fundrise.com slash dace again fundrise.com slash days let's bring him in before we eject for the thanksgiving holiday our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation daniel horowitz good to see you my friend how are you i'm doing all right welcome back from your vacation thank you very much so daniel where are we at here with this which where's this whole thing i said to my audience first thing on the show yesterday coming back from vacation I, I took sunday and monday morning trying to wrap my mind around this whole election fraud issue, because it seemed when I left for Disney, 
it was pretty cut and dried, right? Either the either a state legislature gets to make election law or a court does. Either that's the deadline for a ballot to be in or it's not. Either a ballot must be observable or not. Either there must be a, tra- an, an, a you know a way to trace that that's a legitimate ballot through lining up the envelopes or affidavits or not, right? These are clear questions to be adjudicated in a court of law that are pretty cut and dried. And I thought at least the Trump campaign would get an audience before the Supreme Court where they'd probably get screwed, but at least we would get some acknowledgement that mail-in voting is rife with fraud, right? I get back, man, and and we got Dominion here and Hammer and Scorecard there, and and now this thing is kind of devolved into you know a, a whole bunch of different theories and everything else. So where is it at in your view? Cut through the clutter, clutter for us. Well, cutting through the clutter, we're at where we were four and a half years ago, where um, minus the golden calves and the false hope uh, were screwed, except for the fact that the stakes are much higher because four years later, uh, there's been a new mechanism created to turn America into North Korea. So now we have fewer options to fight back. I mean, Steve, the reality is it's not happening. I mean, I hate to tell your audience this, but it's just not happening. Uh, there is no fight. And and I like the way you presented that because it's not just that we're losing. We're not even getting on the playing field. Our views, whether it's in court, whether it's in a state legislature, whether it's in Congress, they don't even get aired. They don't even get a chance. Our data, our strategies on the virus, on crime, they don't get an airing. So our uh, narrative on voter fraud will never get uh, its day in court. I mean, that's what it looks like. It looks like there will not be anything um, I know they're appealing to the Third Circuit in Pennsylvania, but that circuit's still pretty messed up, so I don't expect much going on there. And I think the Supreme Court justices that want to wash their hands of this, at this point, they'll have a pretty clean avenue to doing so and just kind of pocket vetoing um, their responsibility to reverse the judicial branch's assault on election law. So let's take this then to the next uh, election that will save America, apparently, and that's the Georgia Senate runoff, right? That's the next in the elections to save America. We were talking about this early in the show today, and I want to get your take on it. I don't know if you have noticed this on social media this week, but MAGA world is at each other's throats right now over this Georgia Senate runoff. I mean, it, you've got an American greatness, which is like the MAGA pack, right? You've got like Ned Ryan over there. Hey, you have to get involved in the Senate runoff. You know, we, you got to give the Republicans got to re- retain control of the Senate or, you know, we lose the country. And they got Julie Kelly coming back at Matt Walsh, who was saying anybody that tells you not to vote in the Georgia Senate runoff is like a traitor to our movement. And Julie Kelly at the exact same organization, American Greatness, is like, there is no movement. This whole thing's a fraud. That's why we were for Trump. We thought he was something different. We don't care about the Georgia runoff. This this blow up was so pronounced yesterday. Don Jr. actually waded into this. Uh, and And so you've got people that have substantial social media followings in, in MAGA world, like the Columbia Bugle kind of people that are like, we don't care about the Georgia runoff. You guys didn't help Trump. We're not here to help you. We're not Republicans. We don't care about the party. And a lot of other people are coming back at them are like, well, you don't want the Democrats to win. And I went out of my way, unfortunately, to piss both of these sides in this debate off by pointing out to them that their argument is irrelevant. 
because yesterday the state of Georgia announced it's going to continue allowing the exact same bar- ballot harvesting system that went on in the presidential election. So I don't know why Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue would not just get Fulton County like Donald Trump did. I mean, Stacey Abrams is going to get her way. She was just a she was just one cycle too early. She may very well be the governor of Georgia in 2022. So I, I mean, to me, these these two groups can you know check each other's credentials, and I've got the moral high ground, and you don't, and you're naive, blah, 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 blah. The reality is the Republican governor down there is just going to permit the and secretary of state is just going to permit them the same ballot harvesting scheme they already just used. So what's the point? Well, remember the Republicans control what? Something like 105 to 75 majority in the state house there, similar majority in the Senate, something like 36 to 21, give or take, I want to say. Um, you know, we're always like, hey, you know, we got to get 51, 49 in the U.S. Senate, 52, 48, or maybe Democrats will get 50, 50 with Kamala Harris uh, breaking the tie. But, Steve, there's something everyone's missing. And I do think this I might be weighing in on that debate a little bit here. Um, there's 31 states where Republicans do control the legislature. There's 24 where they control the trifecta with the governor and maybe 18 or so of those states. They have super majorities. And yet they may as well be California. I mean, it just doesn't matter. And Georgia is one of them. So imagine if I told you, okay, we have the president, we have 70 seats in the Senate and 280 in the House. Well, I mean, we don't have to imagine that. We have that in a number of states. But then again, we don't have that because it's Republicans who have that. And I think this is the problem. Like I told you, we're resuming the debates we had pre-Trump. Trump was that kind of distraction or for some perhaps a partial relief for four years. Um, And I think he was on some issues. But beyond that, we're going to go back to where we were before that, which is we have one party that advances the cause of the other side and one party that enables the other side to advance the cause while jujitsuing our energy that could really effectively counter what the left is doing into a black hole. So this is the debate people are having. Now, I never felt very strongly about it. You want to vote for them, vote for them. If not, not. But if you don't do other things positively, affirmatively to create a new movement, a new party, it is going to be irrelevant. It is absolutely going to be irrelevant. And I'm not saying I'm endorsing this in this case. You got to see. But to a certain extent, sometimes you got to make people feel the pain in order for them to see the light. And I think perhaps... Maybe having the Democrats get 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 the trifecta at a federal level will uh, teach uh, conservatives how to use the trifecta where they control it. Yeah, I, I said before the election that I thought the best the second best outcome. Now, I thought the best outcome by far would be Trump winning. The second best outcome, space bar, space bar, space bar, would just be the Republican Party getting annihilated. Uh, and because in the end, the soft headed have to be forced to accept the consequences of their actions, like a bunch of Democrat voters in New York City losing their damn minds that their kids' schools got closed this week. Well, they all voted for this. I have no sympathy for them at all. People in Virginia now are astonished today to find out how many that F's F's for F grades are up like 83 percent or something in the state because kids are not getting real instruction. All right. You all voted for this. You said you wanted it. I mean, that you all wanted to be given safety and security from a virus that until you're 75 years old has a, has a you know, a, nothing more than a 3% uh, a kill rate. Uh, so you guys said you wanted this. So then cool, you know? Well, now though the Republicans won, I, I didn't think the Republicans were to gain as many House seats as they did. That changes the dynamic in my view a little bit. But 
ultimately they're going to leave in place the precedent. See, I'm afraid I'm afraid we're going to get out of here with the worst case scenario. Yep. That the the Trump legal team tripped over its own phallus and never created enough of a logical legal argument to force the Supreme Court to acknowledge the realities of mail-in voting and why it's a fraud. So we're not going to get that, I'm afraid. Um and then they're just going to the Republican Party is then just going to leave that apparatus in place in the future. So maybe next time we'll nominate somebody that gets 80 million votes, but it won't matter because they just Fulton countyed us all over again, right? I'm a, my fear is that's how the this is that's how this is going to end. Look, I presented this in an article. You might have been on vacation. I went through all the Atlanta metro counties. You can't beat that machine. I mean, when you're talking about 40 to 50 percent uh, turnout uh, increases in turnout in Clayton and Fulton and Gwinnett, uh, these counties, you cannot win. I mean, the same way that Trump lost Georgia, these guys are going to lose Georgia, too. I mean, this is what they don't realize. Uh, so there's two layers of fraud here. See, typically we have the governing fraud, which is when even when Republicans win, Al pops Democrat policies. So it doesn't matter. But now they won't even be able to get elected. I mean, th- that's the point. This is coming to a theater near them. Now, it will take longer for them to chip away at the state legislative majorities and some of these other uh, races. But the bottom line is, I don't see how they could win another presidential election again, looking at the map and looking at what they have solidified in all of the critical areas of the swing states. There is no way, because remember, Steve, in this country, we're not going to win those states by five to ten points. That's just not going to happen. Uh, it's always going to be close. And if you allow that amount of leeway in the mail-in ballots to just do whatever you want with the ballot harvesting, even when Republicans control everything, then what's the point? But then again, Steve, what is the point? You know, I, I said this on my show, and I think it's important your listeners hear this. Imagine if someone would get up there and say, look, Donald Trump is a danger to the country. This is extraordinary times. And therefore, I stuffed the ballots I, the, here's what we did. He is not allowed to be president. And this is, you know, extenuating circumstances. This is the sacrifice you're going to have to make for the country. Now, I think everyone would just lose it. Like, oh, my gosh, it's the banana republic. Right. You can't do that. Now, Steve, I'm not saying that did or didn't happen. But what I am saying is worse than that has already happened. For, when you have governors that could get up there and say, hey, hey, buddy, this is what we're doing. This is a public health emergency. You will not have a business. You will not go to church. You do not have a right to show your face without a burqa ever in in, in public, outside, inside, wherever you want. Um, this is going to happen indefinitely until there's a vaccine. Well, actually, even after there's a vaccine, um, here's what we're doing. And uh, uh, t- tomorrow night at 8 p.m., I'll announce my next press conference, what we're doing. And no one bats an eyelash. And we've been doing this for eight months. I mean, Steve, the governing fraud is even worse than any election fraud that anyone is is alleging. That is well said, my friend. Very sobering as well. And on that note, happy Thanksgiving. Good to see you again. Happy Thanksgiving. Take care. So when you look at the world today, you hear what Daniel just had to say and and look how crazy and uncertain things are. Uh, One big concern you may have is this. You know, hey, if if I told you you know, if we had Patriot Supply on the show, my Patriot Supply on the show a year ago at this time. And I would have said, hey guys, you never know, you might wake up one day and there's no toilet paper at the store. Y'all would have said, Steve, come on, man. This is America. Donald Trump is president. That's not happening. 
Awkward. We all woke up one day, right? And there wasn't any toilet paper at the store. Who knows? Maybe the next time something we think right now is unforeseen and not possible occurs, it, it might be food water essentials that's why i recommend my patriot supply it's the only source you can use for trusted emergency food preparedness right now you can save a hundred dollars on a full four-week supply of nutritious meals that supply the 2,000 calories you need per day to save your life if indeed we wake up and the unforeseen happens again like it did earlier this year. Again, save $100. That's pretty hard to pass up, especially right now, on a full four-week supply of nutritious meals when you go to preparewithdace, D-E-A-C-E, preparewithdace.com. Again, that's preparewithdace.com. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel? I don't think Daniel would have uh, any argument with me, uh, even though we come from different uh, theological uh, underpinnings, that a distinction, I think, Steve, Aaron, and I would make about Old Testament versus New Testament is the Jewish experience is who we are fundamentally as a people, what our heart is without Christ. Christianity is who we are called to be. So my question for Daniel would be, you know, what, are we, the, are we the Jewish people right now that are in Babylonian captivity or are we the Jewish people that are still in the promised land but are just living our best Epicurean life now? I mean, which, which version of that? I think the four of us could all, like, because it's, it's some version of not good at all. We can all agree on that. There is no, there is no high moment even close to aspire to uh, that did certainly exist within uh, the story of King David uh, conquering uh, the promised land. But we are so far afield from that. I mean, it is our job to just pick which one of the worst case scenarios we are within the Jewish condition. And that's what Daniel alluded to in the past. Don't don't get stuck right now. I'm just thinking that this, uh, the stolen election and things like that, the stolen government has been with us for months on end. And it was with us before even Donald Trump. And we keep being fooled as thinking, you know, this last election, the most important one now, it's been broken for a very, very long time. Yeah, I, I think that you, you get here. What's happening isn't the break. It's the result of the break that has already occurred. We are, we're, we're fighting the symptoms here, not the disease. That's what the debate about whether to vote in the Georgia Senate runoff is about and whether you hate America if you don't or whether you know, you're a sellout if you do. Okay, That's all irrelevant because if you're just going to let them yeah. harvest ballots as they did before, again, you're, I, you're treating the symptoms and not the disease. I can't muster the energy to make the Georgia runoffs the most important election of my lifetime. I just simply can't. I could potentially until I read that they were just going to let him run the same, run it back. Hey, run the same scam back you did before. Then I can't take you seriously then. That, you know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. John three seventeen. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, by the way. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.